0: Once again a very warm welcome to the City Builders online service. Uh, To those that have been listening in over the last few months we want to welcome you back. Uh, To our regular members a big warm welcome and especially to those who are visiting us for the the very first time this morning. A big welcome in Jesus name. Uh, This morning uh, the title of the message is the Uh, emerging future church and last week I spoke about times of transition and I really believe over these last few months that uh, the church in the nations has been definitely in a season of transition. Uh, I spoke about that message about two years ago in this church and then again last week and I really felt that it was a very important message to hear. And uh, there is a huge transition happening and uh, there are good things happening because there is a new church that is beginning to come on the horizon in the nations. And this morning I wanted to call this the Emerging Future Church. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we give you the thanks for today and we give you thanks for your word. And Lord, Lord, your word says that uh, the word as it's spoken will never return void. And Father, I just pray over this message, Lord God, that it would go out and Father, it would uh, bring in um, a revelation, it would bring understanding to the hearers. Father, I just thank you for the times we're in and I give you praise in Jesus' name. And on that note, firstly, I do want to thank God for the season we find ourselves in, not because I like it. But uh, the scripture actually says in everything that we should give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And that is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. Giving thanks is a real key to maintaining the winning edge in life. And it is a key to remaining buoyant when things are tough. It is also a key to entering into the presence of God. As it says in Psalm chapter 100 uh, the psalmist says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. And I believe that, uh, you know, over the years I've learned to do this. You know, uh, when times are tough, to raise my hands to the Lord and say, I give you thanks for the time that I am in. And we are doing that this morning because it sort of brings you closer to God and it brings God closer to you. Like you, I'm continually challenged by the news and the updates uh, and the particular issues that seem to be arising and that people may be going through. And last week I ran through, you know, some of the things that have happened in the first half of 2020 with bushfires and uh, uh, with a pandemic and global shutdown, etc. And just this week our Prime Minister came out, Scott Morrison, and we thank God for him, and he announced a $270 billion budget for the upgrade of our a defense force and uh, he said this is a worrying time and he spoke about the future how uh, you know the the future there will it, it could be that uh, will be poorer and that uh, it'll be more difficult and dangerous and he uh, also spoke about the tensions in the order in the region and he likened this the 1930s when the global order began to break down before World War II. So we are living in amazing times and they are times of shaking. But I also know that God is in the shaking and it says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 25 to 26, yet once more I will not only uh, shake the earth but also the heaven Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. As of things that are made, that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. This year, the book of Ephesians has been my handbook. And it says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 onwards. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. It is important that we don't fall into the trap of thinking that everything is bad. It is not. In fact, during the process of creation, the Word says in Genesis several times, you know, for instance, after God created the heavens and the earth, he said, it says God saw that it was good. And this is repeated in, uh, several times in Genesis chapter 1. But the reality is that we live in a fallen world and we continually see the decline, uh, the cycle of decline at work in societies and civilizations. The point is that a bad decision in one generation can open the door for a devastating effect on future generations. And I see this happening in the West, where uh, post-World War II was a real time of rebuilding, it was a real time where, of uh, family, and it was a real time of uh, people being well connected with their faith. But the decision to depart from the house of God has had a critical impact on the future of the nations. So it is amazing, you know, because even though that is the case, God is always there. God is always a way of intervening in the affairs of men. These are what I like to call supernatural interventions. It is his amazing grace that is at work on the earth. And it says in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 20, it says, where sin abounds... Grace abounds also. In other words, you know, sometimes it's like we deserve a shaking. We deserve, uh, you know, we deserve a, uh, you know, the discipline of the Lord. And sometimes that happens. But here it's saying where there is sin, that God extends his grace and God reaches out from heaven and he begins to turn things around. And I really believe that for the church, we are in a time like that where God is grabbing the attention of his church. And he's saying, you know, I want my church back. You know, my friend, Pastor Shay Shea Solary always says this. And I know that I've repeated this through the last weeks. But he says, God started the church the way that he wanted it. Now he wants it back the way that he started it. So when things are going crazy, quite often God begins to do something that begins to bring people back, begins to bring the church back, and begins to break that cycle of decline. And we see this over and over again in the scripture. And, uh, you know, one such instance instance is in 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, verse 1. And it says there that, There that revelation was rare in those days. And it talks about how a young boy by the name of Samuel, who was an answer to his mother's prayer, began to serve in the temple. And uh, he began to pick up something. He began to tune in and he began to pick up the voice of the Lord. And it is interesting because others in that generation couldn't. And you know, sometimes it is because God reaches out and he finds a man or a woman who is able to pick up what God wants to do in that generation and things begin to change as that person or that leader or maybe that church begins to respond to what God is doing. If we go back into the previous chapter, it talks about the sons of Eli. And Eli was the the priest. He was in the temple and he was serving there but it says that his sons were corrupt and that they had no regard for the Lord and it was like you know these were false leaders in the church of the day and uh, I think in a lot of regards it it is speaking very much about the type of leadership uh, that exists you know in different parts of the church across the nations and I believe the nation is going into, into decline because the church hasn't kept the cutting edge. We have not been able to pick up the heart of God. And we haven't been able to hear what God's saying. And we haven't been able to accurately express what God wants expressed. And we haven't been able to do what God wants to do. But hear this young boy Samuel represents the beginning of like a new order and a new prophetic cycle in the nations. So the rising of Samuel represents a timely intervention in the affairs of men. If it is is really God intervening, his plan is to turn everything around. In other words, when God picks a leader, when God chooses a leader, when God anoints a leader, that is no small thing. You know, it is a great thing for us to be able to find God. But when God finds a person who is able to respond to him the way that he wants, a whole lot of things can change. The cycle of decline that is in families. You know, they tell me that poverty is a generational thing. And, you know, God does not want us. God allows us to go through difficult times. But, you know, when somebody really finds God and finds what is possible in that cycle can begin to change over that family. So if it is really God intervening, he plans on turning everything around. And this was the case when God began to raise up Samuel in those days. God began to speak to Samuel. God began to draw Samuel to himself. And the scripture says that, the, you know, that he grew in stature and that none of his words fell to the ground. Uh, you know, and in due time, it became known right throughout the land of Israel that Samuel was a prophet of God. One of the outcomes of this season that we find ourselves in is the emergence of the future season. And last week I spoke about Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And it says there that without the progressive revelation, that people will dwell carelessly. And you know, if I look around at our nation now, you can see people dwelling carelessly. It's like they've lost their sense of their future. They don't have a progressive revelation. But one of the strongest... And most important characteristics that we need to have as, as uh, Christians and as believers and as the church is we need to be tapped in to the spirit of revelation and wisdom. Uh, so, so we've been talking about that. It's actually vital because we were created to know God and we were created to serve God. But we can't do, do those two things if we don't hear God. So this is very important. So uh, one of the the, uh, major outcomes of the seasons that we find ourselves in has been the emergence of the future church. And, you know, we see this in in Romans chapter 8, where it says, you know, that the whole of the earth is groaning and laboring. And waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. It's really waiting for the sons and daughters of God. You know, those mature believers, those churches that God has called to lead the charge into this next season that we're in. So spiritually speaking, this has been an amazing time of reset. It's like a reset of the whole globe. And, and for the church, it's been a time of reset. Reset. You know, God is resetting the priorities in the City Builders Church. And, you know, I know everyone that is connected with us, and I know that other churches that are spread throughout the region are saying the same thing. It's been a time of recalibration and a time of realignment with the the purposes of God. And it has especially been a time of reprioritizing because God wants, wants us To have our priorities right in the house. This morning I wanted to say this, that God is building his house. And in Haggai chapter 2 verse 9, it says, The glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. You know, so what God started and the patterns through the, the Old Testament... And the you know the tent of meeting and the tabernacle and the temple you know every generation God is doing something more dynamic, and even in this New Testament you know it's called a, a the apostle Paul calls it a better covenant, and and we have better benefits because God is always doing something better, but you know like this stable that we're in you know when we started working on it. Uh, Around about it must be three years ago now, we started work on the refurbishing of this uh, you know this old stable, and all we had was a vision and we had lots of walls with holes in it and was pretty draughty, cold and damp in here. but God had given us a vision to improve this building and to you know bring it back to its former beauty. but I want to say this at the end result. And I really believe this is like a real picture for everyone at City Builders and everyone that's connected with us and everyone that's listening this morning that the glory of the latter house will be far greater than the former. God is always doing better. You know, uh, when Jesus conducted his first miracle, it was the turning of the water into wine at the wedding feast of Cana. And it was remarkable because, you know, the wine had run out and Jesus, uh, you know, Jesus worked his first miracle there. And they said, why have you kept this wine till last? And it is a principle that God is saving the best till the last. And, you know, uh, some people refer to the days that we are in as the latter days. You know, I don't know exactly where we are at on God's time clock. Uh, You know, I'm not looking for the end. I'm looking for the beginning of an exciting new era. And God is raising up a different church that's going to have different impact in this season that is ahead. So this is what it's all about. Hey, this morning, God is building his church. And the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. A couple of things about the church. The church was revealed to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And Jesus said to Peter, I am going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church. God has a plan for the church. And even though the church as such, the edifice The premises has been closed. I tell you what, the church in the nations is well and truly open. And it is an unstoppable force that God has raised up in the earth. And the best is yet to come. And I want to speak to this over our own community and over those that are listening this morning, that the best is yet to come. Yes, you may have been through incredible difficulty. And maybe you've been through difficult times. In the past, in recent times, but better is yet to come. This is just the process that God is using to bring us to the place where we need to be. So the church was revealed to Peter. We also spoke in recent weeks about how the church was birthed in the upper room. In, uh, in Acts chapter 2, when 120 believers, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ who had walked with him, who knew him, who had chosen to follow him and had been with him when he he died on the cross. Now he has ascended into the heavens and they are waiting in the upper room for the promise of the Father. And this is the Holy Spirit. I want to say this morning, the great Holy Spirit, not an energy in the room, not a feeling, not some kind of you know, mystical being, but the Holy Spirit is none other than God himself, the third person of the Trinity. Now, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, 20, and before I read this, I want to say to this, that I have an incredible belief as a leader, as a pastor, and as an individual in the church. It's like personally in my early days God gave me a revelation of the church and that in the last days, in the latter days he would fulfill his purposes through the church. Listen to this, it's Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 and 20. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think, according to the power of that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church. There's some very key words in here. One of them is exceedingly. You know, this is like maxed out to the limits. Abundantly, this is plenty. This is uh, uh, over and above what we need, above all we can ask or think. You know, what that means to me is that when we are praying to the Lord, and when we are Align with him the way that we should. That God is hearing and he is exceedingly abundantly able to ask our, answer our prayers before we even ask or think. According to the power. You know, this is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. This is the same power that, that God poured out in the upper room. This is the same power that came onto Jesus when he was being baptized at the River Jordan. This is the same Holy Spirit that is at work on the inside of us. I want you to know this morning that we were never called to fail. We're never called to be stopped. You know, when Jesus said... I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. He did not just leave us on his own. He said, I am going to pray the Father and he's going to send you the comforter. And he's going to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth who the world cannot rec- can't receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you will know him because he'll be with you and he'll dwell in you. I wanted to say this this morning again, that the glory of the latter house will be far greater than the former. I was very fortunate that I was raised in church. And I remember the church community that I went to, and it was down near a, a stream, we used to call it a creek, in a place called Canella, just outside of Colburn Abbon in central Victoria. And to me, I grew up in church, and, and uh, you know, I, I loved being there, but it was like a God had never really become a reality to me, although I was conscious that there was a God and that he was there. But later on in my, you know, in my journey, I found Christ in a very personal way. And it was like, you know, I, I could liken myself to Samuel because God started to speak to me about my future. And you know, God led me here and this is what God does. And there are many like me across the nations and it's like God has picked that one out and said, I'm going to use you to do my work. And this morning I want to say, hey, it is not definitely not all about me. This is about a community of faith and a company of believers. Like we're in the upper room that God is raising up and positioning them so that they would be able to receive everything they need from heaven to finish the assignment that God has given them during their lifetime. This is not church usual. This is no ordinary church. This is the church of the living God. This is not the church that was built on Peter. I grew up you know, in a church, and, and uh, it was the church that was built on Peter. But now, in this day, something new is emerging in the earth. It is not denominational, it, it is not really uh, all about the name over the door, but this is the church that Jesus spoke about when he spoke to Peter. He said, On this rock I will build my church. And this rock is the revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And, you know, when you come to that knowledge, I remember years ago when I was a new Christian in Albury, asking God, help me to sort out this particular scripture. And it was like one day I was just out there and God revealed who Jesus Christ really was to me and then I was off and running. We must realise that the church of the living God is the church that Jesus is building. It was never meant to be a natural agent of change. I believe that is what has become, that it has become natural, that it has become earthly. But you know, the scripture says, whatever is born from above, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And the church that God is raising up in the nations is born of God. And it can't be stopped. Why? Because God started it. And because God mandated it. And because God has called his leaders. And because God has called his people there. And he has something to do. And he's given us the great Holy Spirit so that we can finish our assignment in this generation. As the scripture says... And I want to say this to you again this morning. Now to him, that's Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church. So the church was never meant to be a natural agency of change. But over, you know, my lifetime, I've seen the church in different parts of the world, become very given to the needs of people. And I think that is always important. But before we can meet the needs of people, we need to be connected to the God of heaven who can answer every need on planet Earth. So uh, because people have seen the church in such a natural light, they have negotiated on this truth. And that has been a huge mistake but during this time, God's resetting the church. He's realigning the church. He's recalibrating the church. It is like he is recommissioning the church for this incredible season in, uh, in God that is ahead of us. And that is exactly what God does. You know, I believe that this pandemic that has been spreading the globe, uh, it, it has created an opportunity for something to happen that has brought an acceleration on planet Earth. And it involves raising up the church to be, you know, that church of the latter days that Haggai talked about. The house, uh, the, the house in the latter days will be far greater than the former. I want to go this morning as I continue on to something very important. Because when it comes to the church... If our concept is not right, we can't connect with it the right way. And I want to help you with this. Because in Genesis chapter 28, we see Jacob. We have Abraham, we have Isaac, we have Jacob. And Jacob begins to have an encounter. And he sees the church prophetically. Then in Matthew chapter 16 verse 13... Jesus reveals the church to Peter. Actually, it was the Father in heaven who who revealed it to him, but Jesus was there and validated Peter and revealed the church to him. Then the church is birthed in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. So we see this progression of events. And... uh, But this is where it started, back in Genesis chapter 28. This is the first glimpse of the church. And it's in uh, Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. Let me read it to you this morning. And it says, Now Jacob went out to Beersheba and went to Haran. Now let me tell you, we have Abraham and we have Isaac. But now we have a third generation And we know today we call the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. But at this particular point in time, uh, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac had not yet become the God of Isaac, of, of Jacob, sorry. Something was about ready to happen that was supernatural. So Jacob went out from Beersheba and he went to Haran and he came to a certain place. And he stayed there all night. Now, this is very interesting. He came to a certain place. And what has begun to happen here, Jacob saw prophetically something that was going to happen in the future. And earlier on, I said that uh, without the progressive revelation, you know, without a vision on the inside, we're going to dwell carelessly. We're not going to know what the future looks like. We're not going to know what way we need to go exactly. But here God was doing the leading and God was doing the revealing. Samuel heard something in the temple. He picked up something new and God was able to do something. There was a new prophetic cycle. But this is much earlier and here Jacob had a different experience. He experienced something in a dream that is very relative to what we are talking about because this is a prophetic picture of what the church is to look like, not only in the future, but in the last days. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. Number one, there are a few things that we need to pick up out of this passage this morning, is there was a certain place. It says, so he came to a certain place and he stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down there to sleep. This was no five-star hotel. And it says in verse 12, Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord God stood upon it and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. This is amazing because God had a plan. And He brought him to a certain place. And I want you to say that after me this morning in the lounge room or wherever you are. He brought him, He came to a certain place. Because, you know, God is talking about the church. And in localities all across Gippsland and all across the globe, there is a certain place where God is transacting with his people. And God is revealing his plans and purposes there. And that is the place that we call church. See, church is not the building. We are very, very fortunate that God has given us these stables. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's just wonderful. wonderful but more importantly, it's about the place. God has marked out this city and this region to do something special. He wants to visit this place. God wants to, you know, just like here, you know, uh, if if God could open the eyes of our understanding this morning, what would we see? Would we just see nothing? Would we just see a vast expanse? I mean, God brought Jacob out here on the road to Iran where there was nothing, but he came to a certain place. And you know, throughout the Bible, there are certain places that God has opened the heavens and he's done something there. So the first thing is God chooses places. And often these places are insignificant. You know, here... We're just in a certain place, way out on the road to nowhere. A a stone for a pillow under an open heaven, under the stars. And that is a place that God began to uh, encounter or Jacob began to encounter God because God was going to begin to realign him. He was going to begin to reset him. He was going to give him a new set of priorities Because he was about to do something. And it was like the promise that God had made real to Abraham was now uh, becoming relative to his sort of wayward grandson. And this is the faithfulness of God. There is always a certain place. And you know, God has put me in a certain place. Here in Gippsland. And he's put you in a certain place. And he's connected with you, with me. And he's connected us with one another. And he has connected us with the body of Christ in the region of Gippsland. I find it absolutely amazing that the place that I'm standing and preaching from right now is actually one of the original pathways that came into uh, into Gippsland and into Sale right at the very beginning. This is where the Cobb Coast stables used to come and be watered here at night and out that door and, uh, you know, down into Gippsland. I find that amazing that this is a historical place and it's like God is opening up that pathway again because God wants to bless Gippsland again. God is going to visit Gippsland again and he's chosen this place. I believe it. You know, and and I could be flippant about that. I could go, oh, well, and you could go, oh, oh, well, well, this is church. No, this is not. This is far more than that. This is the place that God has brought me to. This is the place that God has brought you to. This is the place that God has revealed to us. And God is going to do something here. And everybody said, well, I hope you said amen, because I'm believing it on the inside of my heart. So number one, there is always a place. And God chooses the people. You know, it's amazing because it, wasn't, it was Bethlehem and it was Nazareth. It wasn't the big cities. You know, uh, when I was being trained as a pastor, they were talking about the 20, ten twenty window and all this sort of thing. And, you know, that's where all the population is and that's where we need to go. But it was funny. Where did God send me? Sail. And here I am. Uh, You know, that doesn't bother me one bit because I believe that God has an incredible plan for this place. And it's going to be of great significance in the city and it's going to be of great significance in the region and even the nation. And the prophetic words that we've had over us have been to that effect. Number two, there is a connection with heaven. And if I could read verse 12 and 13 again. It says, then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord God stood there and said, I'm the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. This is quite remarkable because God was showing up. God was turning up, and there is this sense of Jacob's spirit connecting with God in heaven. Do you know what? When your spirit connects with God in heaven, you have church. The scripture says where two or more are gathered, there am I when we make that connection. I really believe that the church has over this last uh, generation, over my lifetime, the post-war period has been lulled to sleep and it has failed to make that connection and rather than realizing hey that this is a certain place where God has a purpose and and uh, rather than making a connection with heaven we have been just turning up and going through the ritual now I believe this is the church that Peter built but God is raising in these days the church that Jesus is building revealed in Matthew chapter 16 verse 13. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And even as you are hearing my words this morning, you can pick up the energy and you can pick up the belief because I am connected to something. And I wanted to say this this morning, by the grace of God, you can't stop me. Because God has set us in this place. God has put us here. God has given us a mandate. And we are just starting. I want to say the church that is emerging here in this city and here in Gippsland and across the nations is the church of the living God. And God is going to do something wonderful in our generation. There is a connection to heaven. See, what happened to Jacob here is Jacob was having literally an open heaven experience. And you will hear this terminology from time as you hear me preach, and as you hear people like me preach, you will hear this. And, and you know, there is a theme of open heaven through the scripture. For instance, in Malachi chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, the scripture says, with regard to our generosity to God, which is connected right back to this verse down here, verse 22. It talks about when we give, surely will I not open the windows of heaven? You know, God wants us to live under an open heaven. It's an incredible place of supernatural supply and not just material supply, where everything that we need to complete his assignment is actually made available in that place. Do you know what? It's amazing if we look around this room, we have lights and we have cameras and we have this kind of thing and they work and they function because they are connected. And I feel that the problem with the church in the nations, I'm not against anyone this morning, is that the church has become disconnected from the power source. And we need to come back and we need to make a reconnection. And if just one man one woman, one church, one people begin to make that connection, then that church will become powered up. And we will be like Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, can ever ask or think according to the power that is at work on the inside. You know, one of the challenges a whole lot of Christians have been trying to live a great life but they have not yet been empowered by the Holy Spirit. I met someone during the week. I had lunch with them and they said to me, you know, we're talking about praying in the Holy Spirit. And I said to her, you know, she said uh, about how some of her friends said, just be careful of those people. They pray in the Spirit. And I said, hey, it's in the Bible. And she says, is that in the Bible? It is in the Bible. You read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and you will find out how the church is meant to function in this day and in the days ahead. God's restoring this to the church. It's not just about religious ritual. It is about a living God coming to live on the inside of us. It is about the power of his Holy Spirit beginning to fill our tanks so that we can complete the assignment that God has given us. So this theme of open heaven is through the scripture. From the minute I really received Christ, things changed. I believe that we need to make a connection because that's what started to happen with me. It was like God was out there. I was raised in the church of my family and my parents. And I I said before, I'm very grateful and thankful for those days. But there was something that was lacking. And I believe it was the connection. You know, I told a story a few weeks ago about how going back a couple of years ago, I was off to going to a conference in Sydney. And I stopped at a little country church, beautiful little place that was being nicely maintained. And I had a talk to the curator and he told me about the great things, how that church had been full, you know, 60, 70 years ago, post-war. And he began to tell me the incredible history. And I said, where are the people now? And he said, they're all gone. It's just a handful of little old ladies now. And you know, this is what the church is like throughout the land now in quite many places. Why is this? And as I went down the road, I said, God, why is it? And it was like the Holy Spirit spoke and said, I left long before the people did. In other words, people stopped making the heart connection. And during this generation, we must really make sure that we are not just going through a ritual, that we are actually making this heart connection with heaven. You know, one of the things that is happening in the contemporary church, it seems happy to gather around music. And I love music and music is good. And we need music in church and we need it in our home. But the church that Jesus is building has a much more meaningful connection. And we see it in John chapter 4, verse 9, where Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well. And he begins to reveal his heavenly father to this woman. And, and she is a Samaritan woman, so there is a connection issue. You know, because it was not culturally acceptable for them to speak and to meet that way. But he spoke to her about the water that will cause you to never thirst again. And he spoke to her about the future church, the church that I'm talking about this morning. And he said there is an, He said that God is spirit and that those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. In other words, you can have all the music and the lights. Hey, we've got some lights in here it's great. I think that's wonderful. I like the mood, but I said before that the Holy Spirit is not a mood in the room. He is not a feeling in the room. He is not just an energy. He's not a feeling that just makes me feel, whoa, God's here. He is the great Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of God. And here Jesus says to this woman, The hour is coming when he says that God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. This is with your whole heart. This is with your being. You know, we have reduced the music in church to an art form. But really it is with our heart that we are to worship God. And this is where we need to make sure that in the future... That when we come to connect with God, the first person that we are connecting with is the living God himself. This is the connection of your heart. And this is what happened here. You know, it's interesting because we're reading here from uh, John chapter 4 verse 9 in the New Testament. And the, the scripture I read from is Genesis chapter 28. But this was Jacob's well. I think there is a connection there. Between the Jacob of the Old Testament and this well that this woman had gone to to draw from. So we need to make sure that we make the connection. It's a heart connection where we are intent on connecting with God. It's something is happening on the inside when we're lifting our heart to him. Jesus also said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. And that is what happened in the upper room. Because they were there gathered. They were in one place. And they were in one accord. And they were looking for something. There was like a bit of a disconnect. You know, something had gone from them. Somebody had taken from them. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. But now he is at the right hand of the Father. And he is praying the Father. And he says, send the Holy Spirit. And the connection is made. And there is a download onto every believer in that room. And it was wild. And it was an empowerment from on high. It was an endurement from on high. I remember when I was a young man being confirmed in the church of my parents. But nothing seemed to happen. I'm sure something did. But it was later on when I received the Holy Spirit. and, And he filled me on the inside and it was a real experience. And I had a real experience similar to what they had in the upper room. Where God really changed my life. It was like God came from the outside right in. And he began to fill my spirit. He began to fill my tank. I could put it that way. It was like the connection was made. And something began to happen and power began to flow into my life. And this is the power the changes people. This is the connection. It says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When we make this connection with heaven, this is a life-changing event that happens. There's a connection with heaven, and we see that, connection being made here prophetically in verses 12 and 13. The third thing that I wanted to say this morning is there is an awesomeness of God's presence in there. There is an awesomeness of God's presence. You know, in the morning, I'll just read on from verse 14, sorry. And it says, also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in all your seed, the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, what is happening because of this connection that Jacob is now entering into the covenant of his forefathers? And this is really powerful. You know, if we know what the name Jacob means... It means deceiver, it means trickster, it's sort of uh, talking about a person with a, you know, an inaccurate character. But God has brought him to a certain place and there he begins to encounter God and his life begins to become turned around in the presence of God. This is the future church. The future church is not just a place where you go on Sunday It is a place where you go to negotiate with God. It is a place where when you come and you enter in, if God is really there, your life is going to change. And I know that the City Builders Church, there's many like that that have found Christ in this place in such a very real way. If that has never happened to you this morning, then I want you to know that that can happen. Even as we pray at the end of this service, God can come right into your lounge room. You know, like I said before, it's not about the building. It is not the, it's, it's not about the geography. It is about you meeting the Spirit of the Lord where you are right now, in that certain place. Because, see, we meet in a building. You know, God has assigned to us a territory, as he did here Jacob, And this is our territory that we are to function in. But the church is lives that are joined together corporately. And God is may, making us a corporate body, a, a corporate temp, uh, temple. It is like we are joined together as living stones. And this is the glory of the latter house. And, uh, you know, I'm expecting as we come out the other side of our confinement the church is going to be more awesome than ever before behold I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back this to land now we're talking about the very land of Israel and this is you know this is 1200 years before Christ at least and God has spoken here God has spoken here and he's saying I'm, I'm making a promise to you. It's the, it's the same covenant that I made to Abraham. It's the same covenant that I made to Isaac. And now, Jacob, I'm beginning to bring you into that covenant with me because I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you this space, it's yours. And you know, uh, I'm going to continually bring you back into this land. Amazing promises. I'll not leave you until I've done what I have spoken to you. In verse 16, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Surely the Lord is in this place. You know, it's remarkable uh, when people often come to church the first time that they feel like this. They go, I just felt God. It was like God was in the room. And this is the testimony of people all across the nations. That when they come to that certain place, it is like not just an ordinary place. Because God has established it. It's his church. It's the church of the living God. You know, it is the church that is connected to heaven. It is the church that is under an open heaven. It's like God is there. And here, Jacob makes a powerful statement. The first thing that he woke up, he says, surely the Lord is in this place. You know, do you feel that when you come to church? Maybe you don't because the connection hasn't been maintained properly. But we can develop our life so much that we become so aware of his presence and so in tune with our God. There is an awesomeness of God's presence in his house. Surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't even know it. I mean, here he is lying on the side of the road with a pillow as a head and the God of heaven begins to show up because he is reaching out to Jacob. And maybe he's reaching out to you this morning. I'm sure for many that are listening in that God is speaking to you out of what I'm saying. Surely the Lord is in this place. And it said he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. Hey, listen, this morning I want you to know that church is no ordinary place. Unless you take it for granted. You know, what's happened in our nation is all over the world. Believers have become a little bit like the sons of Eli. And they have no regard for the Lord. But God is raising up a generation that is different. And this generation are like Samuel. And they begin to pick up something new from heaven. They are like Jacob who is wandering through the land and then they find a place like this. A city builder's church or a Kingsway church, or it might even be an Anglican church over there. But see, the denomination is not what it's all about, because God is not into the names over the door, only we are. God is into his church. You see, there is the church that man is building, It's like Peter's church, or John's church, or Andrew's church, or Michael's church, or Mary's church. But there is the church of the living God, and that is the church that Jesus is building. And that is the church that is beginning to emerge out of this reset. It is the church of the living God. There is an awesomeness about this place. I tell you, these stables, I love them. God gave them to us. You know, I just walk around here at times and I think, wow, God, you're in this place. Now, I know it's just a building but I often think of the horses that used to come through, right through here, this highway through Gippsland, right where I'm standing. Do you know this morning I feel like in the spirit I'm speaking to Gippsland? Because this is one of the original entry points into this region. I feel like I'm speaking prophetically, and I feel like my words are going right down the pathway that those cobb co coaches used to. I believe that God's gonna open Gippsland again, spiritually speaking. It drives me mad when I drive around Gippsland and I see little churches that were once hubs of divine activity that have closed. Why? Because the connection was lost. We've got to find that connection again. And you can find it this morning, maybe for the first time in your life. Maybe you, like me, were raised in church. But somewhere along the line, people began to lose their connection. You know, that little church at Cornella that I spoke about, I don't know how many people used to turn up on a Sunday morning when I was a young boy. But it seemed like hundreds. But now there's a handful. Something was lost. You know, it wasn't a certain place. It just became a place. You know, the certain place must become an awesome place. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is a gate of heaven. It's a gateway. Do you know what? Church is not meant to be just a place where we meet one another, but it's a gateway. You see this prophetic picture here where God is in the heaven. And you know what Jacob saw was a ladder that was set up with angels ascending and descending. And the Lord God was there speaking. This is what church is. It's no ordinary place. Surely the Lord is here. This is... None other than the house of God. This is awesome. You know, it really is. It's amazing what God's going to do through churches like this. You know, one of the things that's going to happen in this season ahead is that churches like this, right across different regions and different nations are going to begin to arise and are going to begin to confront the principalities and powers. And there's going to be a shift in the heavens And God is going to bring a mighty move of God back. Do you know this pathway here is going to be reopened spiritually? Because there's little communities all the way down the track. Breuverin, Orbos, Can River. All those places, Locksport, Meetung, Where everything once there were thriving communities of faith. But in the days ahead, I prophesy and declare that they're going to open up again. And I know it because, you know, the prophets that came here, de Kouros, the very first man that ever sighted this land, it wasn't Captain Cook, it was Ferdinand de Kouros in 1606. He put an emblem of the cross in the land somewhere up north from here. And he prophesied over this great south land and called it the great south land of the Holy Spirit. I will tell you, God is going to move in our nation again. You know, there's a lot of things being said you know, about people who really believe God and who really say things like I say. Well, you've got something coming because it's all going to open up again. There's going to be a great move of God begins to happen in the nation. Our God is going to visit this city and this region. Why? Because there is a, it's a certain place that God's marked out. It's an entry point Two. hey, he's brought me here. Three, he's brought you here and he's joined us together. God is going to do something. I hope you like this this morning. Number four, there's an inner witness. There's an inner witness. It's like a revelation in verse 18, verse 19. It says, then Jacob rose early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put at his head And he set as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city had been Luz previously. You know, this was just a certain place. God brought Jacob there. And now he's encountered God in such a way that he goes, whoa. I connected with God last night. This is nothing other than the house of God. You see, Bethel means house of God. God is building his house. God is doing something so supernatural in this time. But you see, it starts with you and it starts with me. God's chosen us the place. God's given us, I believe, this geographical place that it would be a birthing place of a move of God in the region. I admire and often think of the original pioneers that came in and brought faith to this region. Well, God has called us to pioneer again because it's like the pathways in the spirit have become shut but God is going to open them again. Do you know the first thing that needs to happen this morning is that you need to open up the pathway into your own heart because you see your your heart is like a pathway to God and you are created to connect with God you know the Bible says you are a, a temple of the Holy Spirit it says it twice in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 3 and 16 I think but it talks about you being a temple and the Apostle Paul says don't you know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit this morning I want you to open the doors of your temple and invite Jesus in. You see, it starts with a prayer. And it's like the doors at, e- at either end of this great building. You know, we can fling open the doors and people can come in. And this morning, Jesus wants you to open the doors of your heart so that he can come in and he can live on the inside of you. And your heart can be like a pathway that, cre- that connects the earth with the heavens and the God of the heavens. Do you want to pray with me this morning? I'd just like to guide you in prayer as we finish this this morning. You know, uh, I cherish this moment of each Sunday because 41 years ago, I prayed a prayer like this and it just changed everything. It wasn't like straight away, it was very subtle. But the more and more I've gone, the more and more powerful this commitment has come. This commitment I've made to the Lord Jesus. You can't go wrong this morning because what you are doing as you pray, is you're saying, like Jacob here, I want to transact with you, Lord Jesus. I want you to come into my life and I want you to turn me around. And you know, when Jesus met the woman at the well, he said, I can give you water and you'll never thirst again. This is living water. Do you want to open the door of your heart this morning as we pray? Just say these words after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I ask you right now to come into my life And be my personal Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins. And will follow you all the days of my life. Because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth. That I am born again. And cleansed by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus name. Amen. I just really thank you for joining us this morning. And if you really prayed that prayer from the bottom of your heart, there'll be some little connection that is made on the inside of you with the same God that Jacob met in that certain place. Something will begin to happen if you foster that connection. And our church here exists to help you with that. If you heard this message this morning and sincerely prayed that prayer, I would invite you to connect with us through our website. We will be able to send you some some resources that will really help you to get to know who the God is that we serve, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Amen.